Hello and welcome back to the Brooke Club. I'm Brooke. Thank you for being here. I am currently recording on a brand new microphone and I'm hoping that the audio quality of this episode will be better. I'm really excited to see. Um, so today's episode will be a discussion all about the book Behind Closed Doors by B.A. Paris. I actually read this book for the first time probably around six years ago and I just reread it. I realized reading this book the second time that Behind Closed Doors was actually B.A. Paris's debut novel, which I think is really cool because B.A. Paris is now such a highly acclaimed author, specifically in the thriller genre. My favorite. So let's start with a quick synopsis. Behind Closed Doors centers on wealthy couple Grace and Jack. He's a lawyer with an impressive zero losses in his career defending battered wives. Grace is a housewife, a wonderful cook, and a talented painter. They seem to be the perfect couple, but new to the neighborhood, Esther starts to suspect something is amiss within her new friend Grace's marriage. Grace doesn't go anywhere without Jack. She's never able to meet for lunch. She doesn't own a cell phone. She never even answers the house phone. The disturbing reality of what goes on behind closed doors reveals itself as we learn the true nature of Grace and Jack's so-called perfect marriage. As far as main characters in the book, we have Grace and Jack, of course. We have Grace's little sister, Millie, who is a teenager who has Down syndrome. And then we have Grace and Jack's friends, Esther and her husband, Rufus, and Diane and her husband, Adam. The opening scene of this book is a dinner party at Grace and Jack's house, and it introduces us to these main characters, aside from Millie. Esther and Grace meet for the first time at this dinner party. Esther seems interested in learning about Grace and Jack and asks Grace a lot of questions. I believe Esther's questions um, are at first a result of skepticism. Are these people really this perfect? But pretty quickly she becomes, becomes a concern for Grace's safety as she suspects Jack's behavior to be controlling, if not abusive. And she... Esther is observant. She doesn't take things at face value. She's naturally a skeptic, I believe, which are characteristics that make Esther a very likable character for me. Esther not only recognizes the signs of abuse, but she's the only person who offers Grace support. And she does this in a subtle enough way because she recognizes that she can't call Jack out or go to the police or do something more drastic because that will likely do more harm than good. And I think she suspects that Grace will be punished by Jack for these, for these, you know, drastic um, cries for help, which we know to be true, that Jack will punish Grace or punish Millie in order to punish Grace. I would say that Grace in the end saves herself, but Esther's support was critical. I believe that her friendship and support at least gave Grace hope and enough hope to create this escape plan um, and to follow through with it. Even if Grace, or sorry, even if Esther didn't literally save Grace, she was emotionally critical in getting Grace through such a painful and dangerous situation. As I said, Esther asked Grace a lot of questions, but I became 100% sure that Esther was suspicious of Jack when Diane and Esther met Grace and Jack for lunch. Esther finds out that Grace doesn't have her own cell phone or her own email address, so she gives Grace, she gives Jack her phone number to put in his phone, and Jack says that he'll give it to Grace when they get home. And Esther repeats her number multiple times after she sees Grace trying to memorize it. I want to read something from the book. This is 
Grace talking about Esther when they first meet. Under other circumstances, I would probably like her, but her undoubted intelligence makes her dangerous to someone like me. It's not that she doesn't appreciate perfection, as I first thought. It's more that she's suspicious of it. So in contrast to Esther, we have Diane, who represents the way most people view Grace and Jack. They're in love. They have the perfect life. Diane and most characters in this book, aside from Esther, are completely ignorant to Jack's abuse. Grace and Jack are foils for each other. Uh, Grace demonstrates unconditional love and devotion to her disabled sister, Millie. I would say that she's the quintessential victim. There's no gray area in this book. Grace is the victim. Jack is the abuser. Jack is a sadist. He has a complete lack of empathy for others and, in fact, a desire to hurt and control people. So how did this all begin? After seeing Grace taking care of Millie at a park, uh, Jack develops this premeditated plan to marry Grace as he knows he can control her via Millie. This makes him so evil to his core. He's one of the most cruel antagonists that I've read about, not because I've never read about a character doing worse things. It's because, one, he's so hypocritical. He presents himself as the perfect husband, a wonderful friend, a lawyer who fights for abused women, when in reality he himself is guilty of abuse. And another reason why he's so disgusting is because of the way he uses Grace's disabled sister to torture and control her. It's just so sick and twisted. So, speaking of Millie, Millie's parents never wanted her. At Grace and Jack's wedding, Grace says that her parents are relieved to hand over custody of Millie and that they've been waiting 16 long years to do so. So, essentially, they've waited Millie's whole life to no longer have to be responsible for her. So, very sad, but Millie goes from being an unwanted daughter to a pawn and a victim in a sociopath's game of abuse and control so because of the way Millie is being hurt and used by Jack Grace says that she wishes that Millie didn't have Down syndrome that she wishes that Millie wasn't reliant on Grace so at this point I think Grace is feeling a lot of guilt because she knows Millie wouldn't be in this position um if Grace didn't marry Jack right Jack's controlling nature is shown right from the start of the book. Grace sleeps in an empty, locked bedroom. She has to get dressed um, under Jack's supervision in another room. She's not allowed to carry a purse, not allowed to have a pen. She's not allowed to be alone with Millie or go to the bathroom in public. So they do go out in public, and they do have people over to their house. They go over to friends' houses too so when out in public grace in theory could scream for help or run away but she won't for two reasons one she's afraid that jack will hurt millie um that millie will be punished for grace's actions and two during previous attempts jack has convinced everyone that grace is off her meds and being paranoid because of it you know convincing jack has convinced others that um Grace's behavior is due to uh, mental health challenges, and people seem to believe Jack over Grace in these situations. 
One might say there were red flags all over the place from the start of their relationship, especially with the timing of their marriage. They got married within six months of meeting. I think it's safe to say that Grace was blinded by Jack's charm, as well as his openness and kindness to Millie. Grace talked about her ex-boyfriends not being interested in having Millie around and not being compassionate towards her. And Jack really goes out of his way to be so good to Millie, so I understand why Grace would feel especially grateful for that. Also, to excuse Grace's naivety, um, or not her not seeing the red flags, Jack pulls a few classic narcissistic abuser moves. He love he love bombs Grace from the beginning of the relationship. He does not show an ounce of disrespect to her until after they're married. Also, it may not be as obvious, but Jack begins to isolate her even before they get married. Grace starts to neglect her friends once she starts dating him to the point where she no longer feels she's able to confide in them. So once Jack does start acting weird, he is rude to her. Um, This is the night of their wedding. Um, Grace says that she feels like she can't reach out to her friends. So even if she wanted to call someone to talk about how Jack is acting, she feels like she has no one to reach out to. Okay, so let's get into the logistics. Grace is in an abusive relationship. Jack's a monster. Let's get into it. When Millie turns 18, she leaves her boarding school to live with Grace and Jack. Before she arrives, Jack prepares a room for her. Millie requests a yellow room, her favorite color, but instead her room is a locked locked red room decorated with explicit paintings of the abused women he represents in court. So Grace was forced by Jack to paint these pictures. Um, I think the colors are pretty symbolic. I mean, yellow. Millie is sunshine personified. She's so young, innocent. That's what I think of when I think of yellow. Uh, red, color of blood, represents anger. And then Quite literally, the paintings on the wall depict torture, pain, and abuse. Pretty messed up. Um, But, as Grace says, it's easy to underestimate Millie, and I would say that Jack's underestimation of Millie played a large role in his downfall. Millie tells Grace that Jack pushed her down the stairs at their wedding, which I think obviously made grace angry but i think it made her realize okay it's time like it's time to do something about the situation and millie also played a large role in this plan um in this you know the the uh, logistics of grace's murder sorry jack's murder while at boarding school millie is prescribed sleeping pills but because she's having difficulty sleeping um probably due to stress over her sister marrying the man who pushed her down the stairs and her impending move into you know an abuser's house later she gives grace a handful of these sleeping pills she's been collecting them saving them up and grace's response to this is i can't there's no way because she knows what millie is implying with this gesture And Millie says, George Clooney, a bad man. And George Clooney is, of course, Millie's nickname for Jack. So before we get into Jack's demise, I'm going to go back in time a little bit to the first sign of mistreatment that we see from Jack. This is immediately after they get married. It's their wedding night. And Jack goes missing. And Grace leaves him a few voicemails because she's really worried he just disappeared he didn't 
call or text or say where he was going. So finally, she gets a response from him via text, and his text says, don't be so hysterical. It doesn't suit you. Something's come up. I'll see you in the morning. So this is really shocking because she has not like I said, even had a glimpse of him being rude or disrespectful to her at all. So this is really a switch flip, being flipped completely. Um, The next day, Grace is upset and demands to know where he was the night before. She wants to know what's wrong. He's being so emotionless and invalidating to her. And she says, you know, don't I have the right to be upset? And he says in response, you don't, you have no rights at all. And I don't think at this time, Grace fully understands the weight of that sentence, but it is foreshadowing to their relationship because he takes away her freedom, her safety, all her rights. He really meant it when he said you have no rights at all. So, On their honeymoon in Thailand, Jack tells Grace about his upbringing. As a child, he witnessed his dad abusing his mom. This abuse included locking her in the basement, and as a child, Jack liked hearing the sound of his mom scream and smelling her fear. One day, his mom escaped from the basement, and Jack beat her to death because he knew if she left, he would no longer be able to hear the sound of her fear. And as an adult, he wanted to have a woman of his own to capture and abuse. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Jack's murder. So, as I said, Millie says... George Cooney pushed me down the stairs. He makes Grace sad. We're going to kill him. And her brilliant idea is to poison him with her sleeping pills that she's been collecting. And Grace takes this idea, kind of fleshes it out, and decides to make Jack's murder look like suicide. And her plan hinges on Jack losing his first case, and he does. He loses this case in court, and Grace is able to make it look like he was so devastated by this loss that he overdosed on these pills. I want to go into more detail on the end of this book, but I want to do it through... Um, answering some reading group questions. So I picked a few from the back of my copy of Behind Closed Doors. I'm going to start with question number four. It says, none of Grace and Jack's other friends and colleagues seem to think anything is wrong in their marriage, and everyone Grace tries to reach out to readily believes Jack's explanations. Do you think this is because we are inclined to believe the best of people or to believe men over women or to believe the least extreme situation. So I tend to believe the least extreme situation to be reality. I tend to see the best in people. Maybe I'm a little naive in that way, but I think if I was a character in this book, I would be immediately suspicious and recognize Jack's behavior as controlling in the book. Sexism may, may have played a part Uh, in this he has a successful career she stays home he makes all the decisions she has no power outside the home no connections no friends no job and she certainly has no power inside the home I think because she's a woman he is able to convince others that he's she's hysterical crazy mentally ill all of this to explain her behavior we see this in Thailand right as he is convinces um, the hotel workers that she is off her meds and being paranoid um I mean have you ever heard a man being described as hysterical 
right? I think another reason why he gets away with his abuse is because their whole marriage was premeditated and he sets their lives up to look happy and perfect. I think, um, you know, he, he's smart. Like he has these boundaries that make it hard for, for, um, or these rules, I guess that make it hard for Grace to get out. She can't even have a pen. I mean, I think also the personalities of the characters in the book impact how they view the couple. You know, he this kind of helps determine whether he can successfully pull the wool over everyone's eyes. For example, his coworkers have admiration for him. And, you know, not only is he good at his job, but he's helping abused women. Why wouldn't they think he's a good guy? People like Diane are solely focused on the perfection of their marriage. All she sees is a husband spoiling his wife. She's actually a little jealous, completely blind to Jack's true nature. I think back to internalized sexism, for someone like Diane, Jack seems to have taken on a dominant role, but she's she likely attributes his control as as Jack just being a traditional husband, taking care of his wife, making the decisions. On the other hand, Esther's personality is perhaps a little more skeptical than Diane's. I don't think she's necessarily smarter than Diane, maybe maybe a little bit smarter, but she's more intuitive Di- than Diane and I think um in this case, skepticism saves lives, right? Okay, next question. Question seven. How did Jack's backstory affect your feelings about his character, if at all? So Jack was a child that needed help. He was not in a safe home. He was witnessing abuse. Uh, was he pre- predisposed to become a sociopath um, by nature? Or was you know, who he became entirely a result of what he witnessed, like nature versus nurture. It seems like while he's, you know, when, when he's telling Grace this story, this is an explain, an explanation for who he is as a man. This is why I am the way I am. But that being said, abuse cycles can be broken and they are broken often. So I guess, um, hearing this backstory, I felt empathy for little boy Jack but not adult Jack and I don't think that this backstory excuses any of his behavior and it certainly doesn't make me feel sympathy for him okay so I want to answer one more question question 10 did you find the ending satisfying did you find it just even though only a few people knew the truth so legally justice would have been Jack paying for his crimes probably by going to jail for the rest of his life and I think justice would also be him being exposed to everyone he knew as an evil person because we know he's so, he's been, he's so manipulative. He pulled the wool over so many people's eyes that people see him as a really good person. Um, but justice, justice for Grace was to get away from Jack and to get her and Millie to safety. Maybe not perfect justice in the legal sense, but definitely Grace's priority. Just, you know, get rid of him, get away from him. That's all she wanted. As far as the ending being satisfying for the reader, I did feel satisfied. I enjoyed that Esther was trying to help even before she knew the extent of what was going on behind closed doors, if you will. I liked that Grace saved herself. Jack tried to turn her into this submissive shell of of herself. Um, 
And he, I think he did succeed in doing that for a time. But Grace was able to break out physically and metaphorically and save herself and Millie. We got small glimpses of who Grace was before she was under Jack's control. And she was funny and she was strong and she was successful. And she found that that part of her, I think, and that gave her enough strength to follow through with this plan. And I think those who needed to know the truth knew. And by that, I mean Esther. <laughs> Esther knew. We know this for certain after Esther offers Grace an alibi of sorts by telling her that she had, she saw Jack waving goodbye to them after she picked Grace up from uh, to drive her to the airport. And this is after Grace had murdered Jack. I loved this moment. Um, Grace is confused by this and asks if Millie told her anything. Esther says just that she doesn't like George Clooney. Esther then asks what color Millie's room was, and Grace says it was red, and Esther says, I thought so. I love this whole interaction, and it solidified what I knew from the beginning, which is that Esther knew that Jack was an abuser and was willing to help Grace. This is concretely demonstrated um, when she lies about seeing Jack waving from the window. I thought this is a very satisfying conclusion to Esther's role in this book and I, because it's fiction I definitely was I, I would have been less satisfied if Jack got arrested and was sent to prison or something like that. I'm glad he got murdered and I'm glad that it was at the hands of Grace. <laughs> I haven't recorded an episode for a few weeks, so I wanted to give an update on other books I've been reading. I read The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell, and I'm currently reading Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier, The Perfect Marriage by Geneva Rose, and Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. I am reading three books at a time, yes. <laughs> Honestly, they're all really great books. I would say um, top two would be The Family Upstairs and Everything I Never Told You. Okay, so my intention is to be more consistent with my episode releases. Please bear with me as I get into a rhythm with this podcast. I appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, please leave a review in whichever podcast app you use. As a brand new podcast, you rating and reviewing the show will really help me grow and be seen by other potential listeners. Thank you so much for listening.